Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. In today's episode, I want to do my best to talk to you about stiffness and how you can potentially stop a problem before it becomes a significant long-term issue for a lot of these post-operative patients. So, you know, range of motion is really important. You've heard me talk about it before um, and it's extremely important to begin this discussion with patients in the preoperative setting as to how important it is for them to do physical therapy and to get early range of motion as later on they can't gain the motion that they may want. And, you know, I think we all know, and you can read all of the studies that show that manipulations are most effective in the first 12 weeks. Why? Well, because after 12 weeks, that scar tissue is more mature. But you can also extrapolate from that information that patients really can only get motion, whether or not from them or from us, in the first 12 weeks. So I really stress to my patients that they need to achieve the motion early and they need to achieve the motion first that will give them long-term benefits. If they're weak, you know, at 12 weeks, you can still get stronger after 12 weeks and they can do that on their own. But you need to let these patients know that it is so important to get the motion early on and understand that they get no second chances. You know, and I discuss it exactly like that with my patients. I say, listen, when it comes to the motion, this is those. This is one of those things in life, you get one chance. There is no do-over. So if you're gonna go into this, you need to go in with 110% effort to get the motion. So that is part of the discussion early on. Patients have to understand that going in. And again, I don't really believe that what I do surgically is any different from the next person. So I believe that everybody can put a good total knee in. You know, a few simple things that I really think are important during the operation that can help a patient get range of motion. You know, one obviously is restoring the joint line and good balancing. You know, obviously if you mess those up, it's really difficult for some patients to get good range of motion. So that's sort of a no brainer. You know, you wanna put in a good total knee, make sure you've restored the joint line and created good balancing in the knee. Um, but two, the other little tip or pearl you've heard me talk about before though, is that once the implant is in, especially cemented or if you're using press fit on the femur, is take the bovi and go around the superior aspect of the femoral component, that anterior flange, and make sure that no synovium has gotten caught underneath that because I believe that that functions as a tether and as patients bend, it's like someone's pulling their hair and that pulling inside stops them from bending further due to the pain. So you wanna make sure that none of that synovium has gotten caught under the implant when you actually implant the real total knee femoral component. And then the third thing that I do, which I do believe makes a big difference, is that post-operative photograph that you've heard me talk about, which is once the knee is completed, the incisions closed, the dressings are on, just before we wake the patient up is lifting that leg up, letting gravity bend it, 
shooting a picture from the side and giving that picture to the patient just to let them know that when they bend their knee in physical therapy and it hurts, that they're not hurting anything, they're not breaking anything, and that picture just allows them to know and see that their knee can go back all the way, and that gives them a goal of what they're shooting for. So when you see stiffness really depends on when you see your patients for follow-up. Um, when I used to use staples years ago, they used to come in at the 12, 14-day mark, and they would see my nurse, and you know, my nurse was great, and she would come grab me out of another room and put me in the room if she caught someone that wasn't bending their knee. You know, she knew right away, hey, sitting in a chair, you got your knee at 90, 100 degrees, two weeks, that's right where you need to be. 60, 70 degrees, this is a problem. Um, and then I would have this discussion with them. Now I see the patients back in a month because I'm using that Perneo Dermabond closure, so there's no need for them to come back at two weeks. So occasionally I'll catch somebody at four weeks now that is stiff, but also, you have to have a good sort of rapport with your local hospital physical therapists and if they're the outpatient physical therapists or home health physical therapists because these are the people that are seeing the patients on a regular basis and if they capture a patient that is moving slowly, you know, I, I prefer that they alert me so I can capture this person early and have a big discussion with them about, you know, what's going on and reiterate the importance of early range of motion. We're also using an app-based therapy program. So for some patients, you know, that's all they have. And, you know, it's a matter of having patients taking a picture or having their, you know, family member take a picture from the side so you can see. You know, I truly believe that in the future, you know, we may have a lot more options as far as Bluetooth-enabled braces where you could not only have a patient wear this to document how many revolutions per day they're getting and what range of motion, you know, but also setting up this alert system that, you know, if patients don't hit certain marks by certain days, you know, alert comes through to you or your office that, hey, here's this red flag because this patient is not hitting the parameters that you're looking for. So it's really important to kind of check and see, um, you know, where patients are. So let's say now the therapists have called me or the patients in my office and the complaint is stiffness. Now, the important thing is understanding, are they actually stiff or is it a subjective sense of stiffness? You know, these are the people, I mean, pre-op, you know, they measure 110, you know, and now someone has 120, but their big complaint is, but my knee is stiff. So this is a person that has 10 degrees more range of motion than what they had preoperatively. I'm not concerned about this person getting stiff. You know, this is a perceived sense of stiffness because the knee is inflamed or because they do have some scar tissue or the knee swollen or the tissue's tight. And usually over time, that post-operative inflammation, swelling, sense of stiffness does resolve. What I'm more concerned about is the person that truly has measured stiffness. And depending on what article you read, you know, you're talking about a final amount of flexion or a flexion contracture of greater than or an arc of range of motion less than. So all of those Articles have discussed different definitions for what they term, quote, stiff total knees. Um, but you're really looking for people that haven't hit the mark. So early on, I'm not concerned with someone at a month that has, you know, a three, five degree flexion contracture. I'm even less concerned if it looks like they have a flexion contracture and passively they have full extension. The extensor lag early is normal, again, due to weakness. But I'm definitely concerned with the flexion contracture of 10, 12 degrees because that's going to be really hard to get back. Um, and I'm really concerned with flexion of less than 90 degrees, 
because again, that's going to be really hard to make up at a month. So I set the parameters with my patients ahead of time is you leave the hospital at 90 at two weeks, you have 100 at four weeks, it's 110 at six weeks, it's 120. And they know that any time that they don't meet those goals, they're behind the eight ball. So we're checking this range of motion. So if I catch someone that's stiff, I don't, you know, pull the trigger right away. Oh, we're going to set you up for a manipulation. You know, I have this sit down discussion and this can be a long visit because you're usually dealing with pain or anxiety or swelling and you have to treat all of these things. You know, the fear of of physical therapy, the fear of bending the knee, the pain issues, what they're taking, what they're not taking, what the side effects are, you know, the things that you can control, you know, become swelling. So compressive wraps, TED hose, knee sleeves, ACE wraps, swelling control, icing, inflammation, you know, control, elevation, you know, making sure that they're in a good regimen of non-narcotic pain medication. And then the other important thing is regular physical therapy throughout the day. You know, I really try to explain to the patient that feels they're being diligent because they're doing a half hour of exercises twice a day, but for the other six, eight hours, they're sitting on the sofa or the recliner, which is even worse. You know, the recliner sitting with the knee bent because it's the most comfortable is the worst thing for someone that has a stiff knee. So I'm trying to make these patients every hour on the hour get up, get moving, and what they start to realize is more frequent range of motion leads to less pain and also improves range of motion, and they do get less stiff. So we go through this battle of what are they doing exactly, how often are they doing it, how much effort are they putting into it. And then for me, you know, these are the exercises that I've talked about before. You know, my two simple exercises, the one for extension and the one for flexion, you know, I review with the patient. So if it's an extension issue, you know, I have these patients do that extension exercise every hour while they're awake, you know, and they'll do that for two, three, four weeks. Or if it's the flexion issue, you know, every hour while you're awake, they're doing this exercise in addition to their other therapy modality. So, you know, again, for brief review, my extension exercise is sitting in a chair, foot up on another chair, stool, or ottoman, actually great if it's on a hard surface with wheels because it'll push away, and then firing the quad first because that relaxes the hamstrings to try to straighten the knee, and then with the hands, adding two pounds of pressure to push the knee straight. This not only works on stretching out the capsule, stretching out the hamstrings, getting the leg straight, and they'll hold that position for 10 seconds, relax, repeat six times. So it's a one-minute exercise, and then they'll do that every hour while they're awake, in addition to their other physical therapy exercises. And if it's someone that's having issues only with extension, you know, I tell them, listen, you know, 50% flexion, 50% extension, you're doing great with the flexion. Let's let's put 75, 80% of your time and effort into extension exercises and not as much time on flexion. You know, people have a tendency to want to do what's easy. The flip side is if someone's stiff with flexion and they're doing good with extension, you know, I work on the exercise for flexion. So that's sitting in a chair, sliding the heel back an inch, locking it in place, slide the butt forward an inch, hold it for 10 seconds, don't move the foot, slide your butt back again, slide your heel back again, hold that, and then slide your butt forward, hold that for 10 seconds, sit back, relax, slide your heel back again, slide your butt forward again, hold that, and again, you're going to repeat that six times, so it's a one-minute exercise, and that helps stretch things out. You know, I'll tell the patients, it's like being outside in Wisconsin in February and trying to pull taffy. You know, you can't do it because the taffy's cold and hard and brittle. So you got to warm it up. So these little exercises every hour keep the knee loose 
So now when you sit down to do your physical therapy, the knee is already a little bit looser than it would have been if it had been sitting for three, four, five hours. So they're going to gain a little bit more with therapy. Now, other tricks, once the wound's healed and you know the swelling and the warmth aren't so much of an issue, the other trick that I have with patients later on is they can use a heating pad or if they have access to a hot tub, you know, getting in the water, using a heating pad to warm the knee up, it makes it a little looser and then they can gain more flexion. So it'll be heating pad, exercises, followed by ice. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is the bike, which I'm a huge believer in. I like if people have a recumbent or sit on bike at home because they can get on the bike and pedal, pedal, pedal for two or three minutes, warms the knee up, drop the seat down a click or closer to the pedals a click, pedal, pedal, pedal for 30 to 60 seconds, drop the seat another click, pedal, pedal, pedal. And then they get to a point where you can't complete a revolution because they don't have as much flexion. It's just back and forth. But this way, the patients know if I started it, you know, hole number 17 and now I can get to hole number 12, you know, I've made those gains. And these are things that the patients can do at home. And I discuss in the office all of this stuff and I will sit down and I will do these exercises and you can see the patients that cry and they're hurting and I really just walk them through it and hold their hand and explain how important it is because if they don't get the flexion, I explain that you know the stiffness that they have and the pain that they have is going to be with them the rest of their life. So this is that time to put the effort in and I don't tell them, oh, you should have done it more in the past two or three weeks and it wouldn't be like this. You know, you don't want to put that out there, you know, you can know that in the back of your mind, but that doesn't help the situation. So you let the patients know that you're here with them. This is what you're dealing with. And this is what you're going to do to help them get better. You know, you can make sure that the physical therapist is seeing them on a regular basis and making sure that they have a goal and you measure them. And then I have them come back in 10 to 14 days. And I explain to them, depending on how stiff they are, you know, I'm going to watch them every two weeks. If we're getting closer to that 10, 12 week mark, you know, I might say, listen, I'm going to see you back in two weeks. And if you're not 10 degrees more, 15 degrees more, I'm going to recommend a manipulation or I'll even put someone on the books. Hey, I'm going to put you on the books in three weeks. I want to see you back in two weeks. And if you haven't gained this much range of motion, then we're going to talk about a manipulation. But if you see somebody come back in two weeks and they're making gains, you know, just wait. Somebody that's improving has the potential to improve on their own. And we're talking about going from, you know, 80 to 90 to 100. You know, if you got someone that's at 50 and now they're at 60, those gains are not significant. And that's someone that I would say, listen, we probably need to manipulate you and we need to get you into the operating room to help jumpstart this. Hopefully you do not need to, um, but it is something to consider. So with my manipulations, you know, I've done arthroscopic along with manipulation, I personally haven't found it's been significantly helpful. Um, so I used to do it. I don't do it as much anymore. But what I found is very interesting with manipulations is there's two kinds of manipulation. So this is a person that you know, you've controlled the pain, you've controlled the swelling, you've worked with them, you've worked with their physical therapist, and you know, you're getting six, eight weeks and you're getting nowhere. And they're really, really stiff. So what's interesting is you put these people to sleep, and, you know, I measure and I photograph and I document. Um, and you're looking at, is it flexion? Is it extension? Is it both? Do they have good patellar mobility? Um, but what's interesting is you put some people to sleep, you know, and you pick them up and you don't have to push that hard. You know, you just kind of pick them up and they actually bend more asleep than they did in the office, which, you know, is probably related to pain. There was some pain phenomenon. And you push a little bit 
and you get pop, pop, and the whole thing goes, you know, like heel to the butt, 140 degrees. You know, those are people either, in my opinion, that had very, very low pain threshold or something inside was tethered. You know, and this is, I don't really see this anymore, luckily. My manipulation rate is extremely low, but what I noticed was, you know, those were the patients, especially when I was doing arthroscopic, you know, releases first, was these were these tethered bands, and that's the whole reason that I do that release at the end of every procedure, that I think if they had one or two of these bands and you bend them, it pops the band, and now they have full range of motion. Those patients do great. The other type of patient, though, is the patient that is almost the true arthrofibrotic. I mean, this is the person that, you know, put it to sleep, and you're putting all your weight into it, and you're pulling, and it's Every pop, pop, pop that you hear, you gain two degrees or five degrees. You know, this is some type of fibrotic biological phenomenon that occurred inside the joint. You know, and these are the patients, unfortunately, that are probably not going to do well no matter what you do. You know, you're going to gain, this is the one typically, I mean, you gain 30 degrees, they keep 15 if you're lucky. Um, And that's what I explain to patients that whatever I gain, you know, you probably will keep half. And, you know, I set these patients up early in the morning and have physical therapy that day. You know, I tell them, hey, listen, you're going right from the hospital, right to physical therapy. And these are the people that need aggressive outpatient physical therapists. You know, some patients, they do fine on their own. Home therapy program, exercises, app, you know, you tell them what to do, they do great. But the person that's getting stiff needs an outpatient physical therapist and an aggressive one. And if you know people in town, you're going to find there's some therapists that are not super pushy. Um, they're going to massage and manipulate, and they're always afraid to hurt people. But you're going to get the other therapist that understands that you, you got to hurt some people to make them get better. And this is the patient that needs that kind of therapist, someone that is going to feel bad for the patient, but even though they're hurting and upset and maybe crying, that they're going to keep pushing them to get the range of motion in that early postoperative period. Um, so I hope this kind of gives you a sort of an overview, again, you know, the importance of preoperative education so patients understand that this is going to be hard and this is what they need to do. Um, two is the intraoperative sort of tips and pearls of obviously balance the knee well and restore the joint line, bovi around the femoral component superiorly, and the postoperative photograph I find is very valuable. Um, but then three, having a way of catching patients early and not jumping to the manipulation, but bringing them in, teaching them, reteaching them, coaching them, holding their hand, walking them through this process, and then seeing them back in two weeks or every two weeks if you need to, to make sure that they're progressing in the hopes that you prevent the need for a manipulation. And then if you need the manipulation, make sure that you set up aggressive physical therapy that will begin the day of the manipulation. So that's kind of my two cents on stiff total knees that you'll see early after surgery. Thanks for listening. Um, If you think this is enjoyable and you have other residents, colleagues, friends that you think would benefit from this information, please share the podcast information with them. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show.
Until next time, stay safe.